Welcome to The Notice, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. The Notice podcast explores our need to be noticed through biblical musings and conversations with special guests, experience relevant topics, and encouragement as we take notice of how the God of mercy satisfies. On this episode of The Notice, do you ever wonder if your story is worth telling? Or are you just excited to share with the world what God has done? Join me as I talk with author Sarah D. Orlando about her memoir book, Love Letters from Poland. We discuss how God manifested himself to her on an extended business trip to Poland, how deep he wants to reach all of us, and how he touches us in the most intimate of places. Listen in as we see how her story acknowledges not only what God has done, but brings us hope and encouragement that indeed Sarah D. Orlando is the chief hope giver and founder of Sarah D. Orlando Coaching. She is a structural engineer by trade, but has been writing stories and adventuring through nature since childhood. An encounter with Jesus brought her full circle to her purpose, to live a life rooted in Jesus, inviting others into their own beautiful, unique, and vibrant journey through life with him. She's married to her college sweetheart, Andres, and they have one super cute daughter. She is the new author of Love Letters from Poland, a memoir of how God restored her broken heart. So Sarah, welcome to The Notice. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. I'm excited to talk about your story. And our listeners, you know, they learned a little bit about your background just now, but can you tell us a little bit how you were prompted to write a book about this? Yes, for sure. It was a funny story because I had this powerful eight months in Poland and I was just living this vibrant life and loving it and just had this profound healing and I felt connected and seen and loved by my community, loved by God. I just thought it was like this great experience. And one day sitting unbeknownst to me in a cafe at church, a one of the friends of mine came up to me and said, you need to write a book about this. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, it will be 200 pages. It will take you two years to write. And I'm going to help you with distribution. And so from that, it just like planted the seed. And I kind of laughed it off. But I knew there were some funny stories and some really powerful experiences that I had while I was there. But it didn't have the full clarity. I just knew that I was going to write about it. And it took some time to get to that point when I was ready to write, but I knew when I heard that I was going to write a book. Before that, I, Susan, I never thought I would share my story. Now, nobody would want to hear my story. I would have no way to say it. It would just be like a boring journal of this happened and then this happened and this sob story. But Poland and my life just you know came alive while I was there. And we were talking before we started recording, but you, you mentioned one of your favorite chapters is the walk in the forest. And that was the first chapter I started writing. Hmm. 
So two years after I left Poland, God gave me this vision of and reminding me that I was walking through the forest with him and just felt so comforted and known and just like at peace. And he was calling to my heart, come, let your roots grow deep in me. And from those few sentences, the rest of the book came to be really quickly. It just flowed out of me like that. It's amazing how we can connect with God in nature, isn't it? And mm. it's interesting because you, you ended up in Poland. Now, this is a business trip because you're an engineer by trade. So this yeah. is a business trip. So tell our listeners, how did you end up in Poland of all places? <laughs> you know, I asked myself the same question. My heart was to help and serve people and get connected with humanitarian missions. But all of those projects fell through. You know, opportunity in Haiti, I applied, didn't work opportunity in Nepal, apply, didn't work. I was also pretty fresh out of school, so I didn't have a lot of experience, but I was very eager to travel. And then when Poland came up, there was a team of engineers within my group that was already designing the process and designing the buildings, but they needed somebody to go over there and oversee construction. And when I first heard about it, I thought it was kind of funny, like Poland of all places, mm -hmm. I really want to go there. And I'm kind of like saving myself for something a little bit more exotic. But the more I chewed on it, the more I realized I need to pursue this. And so within like two months, I got approved for the team. I got all my visas and passport updated. And I was on a plane to be there uh, and work on site on a, a military, U.S. military base. So there are a lot of things that happened to you in Poland, and your book kind of describes that, and I just love the title, Love Letters from Poland. But there's one thing that stood out to me when I was reading your book was, as you go into nature, you went and you found a lot of sea glass. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how, how it proved to be a great example of what God was doing for you? Hmm. I adore sea glass. I've collected it since I was probably a young teenager. But the first time I ever saw Polish sea glass, my heart went wild because there are these big, beautiful, thick pieces of glass. And I'd never seen anything like it. These treasures, they almost seemed like perfectly placed gifts for me on the beach that mm -hmm. God had laid out. It would just be... You mean um, God was, was taking kind of, notice? <laughs> yes, yes. To put it in that way, he, he knew what would delight me. And he would provide these things. And not every time, like, I'd be like, God, I really want a big green piece today. And nothing would happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I started to make those kind of jokes. And I came back with Ziploc gallon bags full of sea glass. And at the time, I just knew I was so delighted to collect them. But as I was writing, I realized the metaphor behind it. I had always been stuck focusing on the broken part of myself, the mm. broken parts of my mm. past, the trauma. Mm. You know, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse and um, just a lot of different hard things that had happened in my early life um, that had really damaged how I saw myself and the value and, and really not believing that I was lovable mm. and that I was loved by God. So I was stuck on the rough parts, the edges, just this broken glass bottle abandoned and shipwrecked, you know, uh, worth no value. But God reminded me that he, like the waves, is the one that, that does the work and washing over and over mm. and over. And it takes time, you know, to make 
really powerful, smooth pieces of sea glass, it can take decades, if not 50 years. And so I found courage and encouragement, realizing that I'm not stuck in this broken state. You know, I was never meant to be stuck in this broken state. That's right. But I had to lean in to his healing process, you know, and release um, these broken pieces of glass in my hand and let his water, his spirit wash over these broken places to smooth out my life and, and let his beauty come through. There's an excerpt from your book I want to read a little bit. It says, the enemy of our souls has sneaky ways of trapping us within our fears, making us doubt our identities, taking half-truths and twisting them. If you listen long enough, they become believable. There's lies like, they'd hate me if they knew the real me, or no one sees me, or you're thrown into a pit of rejection. What about lies like I'm always be a failure or I'm not good enough as a surmounting pressure of life's demand screams at you to quit? Can you tell me what brought you to that place of not feeling good enough? Don't we all feel that way at some point? Yeah. For me, those voices were really prevalent. Even in childhood, feeling isolated and alone because the abuse happened, I was quiet and just trying to be agreeable and like people and to be liked Mm -hmm. by doing what I thought other people would like you know they couldn't know the messiness the parts that I was afraid to to share and so those lies were really strong and I didn't even start to unpack the thought that I I could be accepted by somebody until I met my my husband. And when I shared about my past, he didn't run. Mm-hmm. For some reason, God gave me the courage to tell him my history. And he was like, I don't love you any less. I don't love you anymore. I just love you. Like that your past and who you are are not the same. And it doesn't depend on, you know, my love doesn't depend on what's happened to you. So your biggest fear, which is if you exposed yourself to someone Mm -hmm. that they would abandon, didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. What a, what a great story. And what a great reminder for all of us. You know, I'm a survivor of sexual abuse myself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've recognized is there's a sense of hiding because you're told right then, don't say anything. Don't say anything. It's almost like you compartmentalize your life and put it in a little Mm -hmm. box and act like that part doesn't exist. But that's not the abundant life God wants for us. He doesn't want us to just ignore it or put it in a little box. And so it's real important to dive deep into those issues. So you said the word leaning. I love that word. You, Mm -hmm. You realize you had to lean into what God had for you. And that included your, your backstory. So as you were leaning into it, what did God show you? First, while I was in Poland, that first step was building my trust in the Lord that he knew me and he loved me and that I could start to let down some of those walls and just be okay spending time with him and not feeling like he had an agenda for me and that I had to jump through hoops to please him. But leaning into the healing process really came when I was writing. While I was in Poland, 
um, Jesus miraculously healed me from depression in one evening and it was all gone. And I went there and I just knew that he was going to do something powerful in my heart. And so when that happened, he gave me this experience of abundant life for the first time I ever had that I, I had overflowing hope for every single day, even when I was mm-hmm. you know, in heart mm-hmm. engineering meetings, when I was missing my husband, because we were living apart for that whole time, um, missing some of my friends back at home and normal holidays routines. I still had this overflowing hope and joy. And I realized I wanted more of that. And it, it came first from that foundation of love and knowing that he loved me, that Jesus loves me, regardless of the past. And, and until I acknowledged that, I couldn't find healing from the, the past and the shame because I felt that I, I was at fault. You know, he, he could love other parts of me, but he couldn't love this most broken part of me. Right. You know, you say in your book, I know he can provide immediate release and healing, but for me, I needed his deep, slow work to smooth the rough gouges of my heart. God sent you to Poland of all places, and he healed you, did a lot of healing in, in Poland. I love the church family that you got acquainted yeah. with. I was I was right there with you. I wanted to go and meet them. They just sounded so cool to me. And They would welcome you. <laughs> I, I would love to go because, you know, I'm 100% Polish, folks. So, and I've never been to Poland. So, hmm, let me think about that. But God has such a way of noticing us and intimately reaching us and providing opportunities for us to, for him to say, I see you, I know you. So why do you think as you look back, God chose Poland for you? Why there? Mm. Poland is somewhat of a metaphor for my life in some respects. I'm no history buff, but I know that they had been taken captive many times and just been thrown around back and forth in different wars and their identity is lost and it's just dark and without hope. And while I was there, I still sensed a real weight of people um, around and just, you know, stuck in routines. But when I found hope, I found the Lord there and met him of all places that it seemed like it was not even possible to find this church and it was a miracle that I got connected with this community I knew it was specifically for me like he he followed me to Poland and knew that I would get away from my old routines in the states get away from friendships and family not that they were unhealthy but just that I I needed space to be okay with myself and do deep work. You know, I had been, uh, I'm a one of five. So I always grew up with a lot of people around me. And then college, I had roommates and I got married young. So I never had time to just be and process, you know, who I am, what has happened, where do I want to go? And God met me there. God met me in Poland in this unlikely place. I like to think of it as a diamond in the rough that you know, nobody says, oh, I want to go to Poland often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but now it's this treasure in my heart knowing if God can bring hope in, in dark places like this, he can bring hope anywhere. And the people and the power that he has working in that place to bring um, healing to other people is just so palpable. 
Yeah, it reminds me of Second uh, Corinthians um, in the first chapter, verses three and four. He talks about comforting others with the same comfort we've received from mm-hmm. God. And you know, as I read your read your book, and I'm talking to you and everything, I realize that you know it is so important that we tell our stories. I just wrote a book, A Firm Grasp. I talked about the importance of of telling our story because it's part of our mission. We're supposed to yeah. go out there and tell our story. Yet many of us don't want to do it because it's not very, it's, it's rough around the edges, as you mentioned. So why do you think it's so important to get out there and tell your story? What gave you the courage to do this? That's a great question. It started in Poland. I was invited only two weeks after I had found this local church community to share my testimony. And I was mortified. Mm, <laughs> like, mm-mm. you know, that that old fear, Susan, <clears throat> if I share, they're going to reject me. If I share, they're, they're not going to love me and I'm not going to have friends. You know, I really will be alone. But I fought against those lies and did it anyway. And as I wrote that out and then stood in front of their community and they leaned in and they cried with me and hugged me and supported me, I realized God has given me a really powerful story because I've been so hopeless, you know, suicide watch in college and all of these dark places, yet it's turned to good because of the the hope and the plan that he put in my life, the healing that he gave me, nothing is beyond his work. So when you share your, your testimony, you know, there's a verse in Revelation that we overcome by the, the word of our testimony. That's right. The That's right. And so the pastors infused in us, there is power when we share our testimony and remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God for our heart. And then for the other the others around us so they can find courage in the season that they're in. And by telling the testimony, it's actually another healing layer for you, right? Yeah. It's, it's because when you tell a story, it's not just about what happened to you. It's Mm -hmm. about what God did in spite of what happened to you. And if we're Mm. all honest with ourselves, I think we all have a backstory. We all have a story like that, but we're afraid to talk about it because we don't want, you know, what are people going to think of this and everything. I remember some years ago, I was working with a mentor and she said, and we were talking about sexual abuse. And she said, I need you to tell your story at this retreat. And Mm. I was like, really? So I got up there and I told the story and I also wrote a song that actually accompanied the story because I'm a songwriter and musician. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a song that accompanied the story and it was like the most painfully wonderful thing I've ever done. And and I want to encourage anybody out there, if, if you have a story, it doesn't have to be movie of the week. Anything that God has done to heal you needs to be told. Think back Mm -hmm. when he did all those miracles people would go and tell they'd be so excited because they were healed it's the same thing and we it's so important to tell our stories so i encourage anybody out there who's listening to don't hesitate if you have an opportunity to tell your story even in a small group or at your church or wherever it is step out do it now doesn't mean you have to go write a book i mean you can if god calls you to do that but go out there and do it because there's so much good that comes from that. I know there's a lot of people out there who say, well, I could never talk about my story. And sometimes it's because they're still struggling. 
They're still mm-hmm. struggling to be seen by God, to be noticed that somebody's out there really paying attention intimately like he did for you. What would you say to that person out there who's struggling? Mm-hmm. First, I feel your pain. And I wish I could give you the biggest hug. Just be with you in that moment. Because I know that I I felt struggle for almost three decades before God really stepped in and met me. But I want you to hang on to hope, to find that courage. There's a song that kept playing over and over in my head this morning. I was like standing and, and making lunch and building at the top of my lungs. And it says, God, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. That's right. So even if you're in the middle of the struggle right now, there is going to be good that will come of it. And I, we don't know all of the details or all of the steps, but know that God is with you and he is for you and he is working these things together. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, if, if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. And I can look at my history and say, I am grateful, not for what has happened, but what has, um, what God has used to change my heart, to give me courage for compassion and for this renewed purpose that I, I have so much overflowing love knowing that I am so dearly loved by God. And I, mm-hmm. and I pray that you right. would also know that too and not get stuck in the struggle. Don't get stuck in the mud and the mire. Psalm 40 is one of my favorites that God gave me a new song, you know, in my heart and he pulled you up out of the mud and the mire and set your feet on a firm rock. And so if you need encouragement and support, there are tons of resources for you and ways to connect in your community. If you feel like you're just outside the struggle, but you're still, you know, it's coming up in the past. If you need encouragement, you know, reach out. Mm-hmm. Don't be a stranger. It took courage for me to write the book. It really did. But as I wrote the book, I realized that I had this passion to speak and encourage women. And I wanted to not just get the book out um, and share the story, but also to help women, to coach women, take their next brave steps and say yes to this calling that God has for them. Because we all have struggles. And I think in that struggle, once you're on the healing side of it and working through and saying yes to those ways, leaning into what God has for you, there's going to be renewed passion, renewed purpose, renewed hope, because I think it's part of your calling. You know, this struggle is shaping you to create um, the heart God knows that you you have to serve the people, encourage the people that um, he's called you to. That's impactful. Thank you so much, Sarah. And it reminds me, too, that God does want to meet us. He does want to meet you. What I what n- neither one of us can tell you is how is it going to be through sea glass in Poland or when? Yeah. I don't know if it's next mm-hmm. week or next month or next year. We don't know yeah. the how and when, but that's part of the great adventure he puts us on. Encourage you. He's noticing you. He's paying attention. He wants to he wants you to know that he notices you. It could be in 
just finding sea glass on the seashore or taking a walk yeah. in the woods. Start open up, you know, open up your eyes and see because he, he's really, mm. really, really working. So I, I thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your story. I hope our listeners will go out there and get the book. It's called Love Letters from Poland by Sarah D. Orlando. And you can find that on Amazon. You can come to my website, susankhookstra.com, and you can sign up for a chance to win the book. In the meantime, I just hope that you will just get some clarity about your struggle and God will show you exactly what you need. And Sarah, thank you so much for being brave enough to come here and talk to me today and to get this book out there. May it be a blessing Mm. to all. Thank you so much. And if somebody is really ready and looking for clarity too, I have a couple spots on my calendar and I would love to have this free session with um, your listener, Susan, as a special offer to help you get clarity on are where those areas you're feeling stuck and ask questions that maybe other people aren't brave enough to ask you to, mm-hmm. to figure out where these places God wants to set you free and start to take those brave steps for the calling that he has for you. So who knows, folks, maybe maybe Sarah is your sea glass today. Maybe she's that <laughs> person that God's saying, I'm noticing you today. So yeah. so definitely reach out. Thanks again for being here, Sarah. My dear friends and listeners, it's hard to believe, but after 14 years, in just a few days, the book, A Firm Grasp, Feeling Validated in a Notice Me World, will be available for purchase on Amazon. I encourage you to get the book and let me know what you think. Go ahead and post a review on Amazon because it does help me get the word out. Also, I would love to see you at one of our three, yes, three book launch parties. The first one is in Lansing, Michigan area on Sunday, June 27th at 1 o'clock p.m. at the Veterans Memorial Garden Amphitheater in Holt, Michigan. For my northern Michigan friends, join me on Sunday, July 18th at 1 o'clock p.m. for a book launch party in Traverse City, Michigan at the Twin Lakes Park Pavilion. And then lastly, in August, on August 14th, we will have a party in Toledo, Ohio at Grace Community Church on Door Street at 11 o'clock a.m. You can find out more information on these events by visiting my website at susankhookster.com. Please come, celebrate with me, enjoy refreshments, there'll be some giveaways, and get a book or two to sign. Until next time, 